Hello friends, it's good to be with you as always. I hope this finds you well. Thank you uh, for joining me. Um, in the last couple of weeks, I've had a couple of encounters that uh, prompted me to uh, offer a reflection that I want to share with you today. Uh, one of them had to do with a hymn we sang last Sunday uh, during worship at St. Philip the Deacon. Um, in our uh, Cranberry hymnal here, this uh, red-colored hymnal, um, it, it shows up, the tune actually shows up a couple of times. The, the particular hymn we sung on Sunday uh, is called, O God Beyond All Praising. Um, the tune comes from Gustav Holst. Um, the, the title of the tune, if this kind of thing interests you, is actually Thaxted. Uh, he called it that based on the small town in England where he spent most of his life. Um, it, it, the tune comes from his uh, composition, The Planets, from the movement called Jupiter. Um, and a gentleman from St. Philip the Deacon, on hearing it, wrote an email to me saying how much he loves the tune, and he mentioned one of the other expressions of that hymn tune, which is more common in England, uh, called I Vow to Thee, My Country. Um, that hymn was sung, I believe, at uh, Margaret Thatcher's funeral, as well as Lady Di's funeral. Um, here at St. Philip the Deacon, in addition to O God Beyond All Praising in this hymnal, we also have um, another hymn called Let Streams of Living Justice, which we've actually sung in the last uh, few months. Anyway, it's a beautiful hymn tune. And the fact that this gentleman wrote me uh, got me thinking about things related to England, uh, which is not difficult to do. I'm a big fan uh, of English things. Um, and that reminded me of another conversation I'd had in the last couple of weeks with a different gentleman who mentioned that he had traveled to uh, England, to London, uh, not recently. This would have been a few years ago. But when he was there, one of the things he loved more than anything was the Churchill War Rooms. Um, and I, a dear friend of mine actually had traveled to London a, a while ago as well and sent me back a book about those war rooms, which of course uh, were pivotal in the um, victory in World World War II. I've not myself had a chance to travel there. I hope someday to be able to visit it. In the meantime, um, this photographic journey through the war rooms is a really beautiful uh, introduction to them. Anyway, that got me thinking about another book uh, I have in my collection by Churchill, uh, which is called Churchill, The Power of Words, um, which is basically a collection of <clears throat> speeches that he gave. It will not surprise you that in my profession, uh, I'm interested in the way words work. I, I take them very seriously. And I'm a big fan of, of Churchill and his um, leadership, obviously particularly during World War II. And when I was reading this book a while ago, <clears throat> um, in it is a memo that the entire memo is actually replicated, uh, dated July 4th, 1940, which of course was the darkest time of World War II for uh, the British people. Uh, and I read the memo um, and I thought, boy, I really like the, the thrust of this. I like what it says. I, I, I should see if I can find a copy of it. And sure enough, after a little bit of research, I was able to connect to a uh, British bookseller who was able, I don't know if this is too big to show you, but was able to find uh, an original copy of it. I mean, this was something that would have been printed. Um, it wasn't <clears throat> just a handful of them. There were probably thousands of these printed. Uh, but they were promulgated by Churchill as the prime minister to be sent to his cabinet, uh, to other officials in the government, to the military, 
Uh, the um, letterhead is 10 Downing Street, Whitehall, which is, of course, the Prime Minister's residence. Again, dated 4th of July, 1940. Uh, I won't read the whole thing to you, um, but among other things, uh, he says this in this memo. Um, the Prime Minister desires to impress upon all persons holding responsible positions in the government, in the fighting services, or in the civil departments, their duty to maintain a spirit of alert and confident energy. And then he goes on a little later, and it's not a long memo, to basically say, um, since you're in a position of leadership, uh, don't say things that are going to demoralize other people. I, Winston Churchill, have hopes that we will be victorious here, uh, but part of the way that's gonna happen is in being confident about that victory and expressing that confidence to others. Now, I don't want to suggest that we're in a time similar to World War II exactly, but I do want to acknowledge that 2020, uh, we've talked about this before, has been a difficult, challenging, um, anxiety-ridden year. There is no question about that. And I guess what I want to suggest as Christians um, is that, as Churchill was suggesting to his cabinet and others, we should have hope and trust knowing how the story ultimately ends. Uh, trust and hope in a loving God who will bring us through this. Now, do not mishear me. I am not saying for a moment that as Christians, uh, we don't think that the world is filled with pain and difficulty and challenge. I think Christians of all people are actually um, more realistic about that fact. And we meet those challenges head on, but we know how the story is going to end. And so I want to encourage all of us as Christians to have faith and trust and hope in a brighter tomorrow, not only for ourselves, but so that we can communicate that hope to others around us. I'm grateful for your time as always, and I hope this finds you well. Stay in touch and God bless. Sure I am that this day, now, we are the masters of our fate. That the task which has been set us is not above our strength.